Welcome to Upgrade Engines with Scott Wozniak, where we explore the tools and tactics that drive improvement. If you're hungry for more and better, if you want to move past hype and discuss how, you're in the right place. Change really is possible. Dreams can come true. It may take a while, but you can upgrade anything if you build the right engine. At the end of every year, I work on a life plan for the next year. Listen, this practice has changed my life. Uh, It is one of the most fundamental things I could talk about. If you want to upgrade, if you want to win in the long run, then you've got to start working on a life plan. Now, let me just explain for those of you who are starting to get worried, like, ah, it's too regimented and locked down, and I'm going to unpack some of my approach and how I do it, but you also need to know That's not naturally me. I am not naturally a schedule every detail, plan everything. I love spontaneity. I love the adventure. I couldn't even finish the sentence. I had to interrupt myself to say, no, 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 I can't do that. What I'm talking about is saying, what do I want more of? What do I want less of? Do you even know what a great life would look like? Why don't you aim for it? I change my life plan multiple times through the year as life happens, unexpected opportunities, things don't work out the way I thought. Um, it's a living tool that serves me. I don't serve it. It's not that I lock my life down and I don't get to do anything, but instead it's, I actually work on it. Get intentional about what you want in your life. This alone, moving from, gee, I hope good things happen, crossing my fingers and being passive to what am I going to pursue making happen in my life? That changes everything. And sometimes I have to challenge people who are successful at work. Hold on. Are you putting the same amount of time and effort into your whole life as you do your career? Too often, you've got these highly skilled, highly intentional, strategic people on the job who with their family or their friends or their play or their health just kind of cross their fingers, figure, okay, I'll figure it out when I get there. We wouldn't do that with our jobs. You know, we, we set a goal and we think what's realistic and all that fun stuff. We also dream and get entrepreneurial and all that fun stuff. You can use the same exact approach and tools and motivations as you do for your friendships. Your life is something you get to build. So as I do the end of the year here, I'm starting that process. And I thought I would share a couple of the exercises. This first one, and there'll be two part episodes, two episodes here. This first episode is going to be about what I do first. And it's not planning out for the future or dreaming grand goals and figuring all that stuff out. No, no, no. My first thing I do is I look back. I do a review of the past year. I have learned this the hard way. You cannot assume that you know what's going on. You think, I mean, I just lived it. I know what I'm doing. Of course I know. There's a couple of problems with this. One is the recency effect. This is a well-known, well-documented psychological effect we all have. The things that happened most recently, we will weight the heaviest. So if you're thinking about the whole year, man, what happened in last February and March and April? I mean, yeah, I remember it's there, but I forget how intense or meaningful or how much time I put into it or it cost me. And so if you're not careful, you'll just slide into it. And it's not like, oh, I'm smart, so I'll avoid the recency effect. No, this isn't about how smart you are. This is a psychological, emotional effect. And you don't get to not have it. 
So what you do is you go through the year, you refresh all those things vividly in your mind enough that then you can do a true apples to apples comparison. Oh, they're all vivid in my mind. I remember them all. I got this. And that's assuming you remember them all. Let's just be transparent. I'm pretty smart. I don't think it makes me a better human. Uh, I didn't earn this. I was born with a brain that has a good memory. I've never had to work very hard to remember some things. I can remember ideas and relationships. I cannot make my brain remember a lot of physical things like where I parked my car or even what my schedule is sometimes. I have no idea. My assistant saves my life. She's amazing. So um, yeah, but my brain remembers concepts and ideas and projects and people and, you know, all that fun stuff. And I'm saying all that, not to brag, I'm saying that because, listen, even with me, who is measurably smarter than the average, I always forget stuff. Always. I'm like, oh, how did I forget? That was big. Because it's been seven months and I wasn't in that right frame and it was a unique little outlier, but it was important. Don't assume review. So I always begin before planning by looking back. And by the way, this is true for a lot of strategic planning. You don't assume your company all know what's going on and agree on that before you start planning for the future. A huge part of strategic arguments. What well, we should do this, no, we should do that. Stem from the fact that we have different understandings of the current state and we all assume we're all seeing the same thing. Don't assume. Don't assume you do. So I'm going to go through one of my favorite review exercises. There's a few of them, but this one probably by far gets the most um, meaningful stuff for the least amount of effort, which is appropriate because it's an 80-20 review. If you're not familiar with the idea, 80-20 principle, often known as the Pareto principle, was come up by hundreds of years ago with, with a guy named Pareto, an Italian guy. And he created this idea. He started noticing, he started with his garden and he started seeing it everywhere in the world once he started looking that 20% of a category produces 80% of the result. That there's just, from relationships to financial investments, to plants in a garden, to physical health habits, 20% of the activity produces 80% of the outcome. This 80-20 principle says if you really wanna make a real impact, well, gosh, it feels like, how do I change my whole life? Well, first thing is find out the 20% of your life that's really driving the difference between awesome and awful, uh, between winning and losing, between frustration and peace. And so lean into that 20% and figure that out. So that's what I do. I do an 80-20 review to say, how was my year? What? And I'll unpack how I do this in a minute, the questions. But I ask what 20% of my activities produced, and then there's some four different questions I ask. 20% produced the most of this or the least of that. And I'll go through all those. But the tool I use is primarily my calendar. Now I track, uh, I don't do my tasks in my calendar, but I track all my activities and events. And so that often brings up a lot of the task. I mean, you know, my calendar will show the name of the client I worked with, or uh, if I'm having a guest on a podcast, it'll pop up there. Uh, trips that I went on, whether it's life planning retreats or family vacations, they're all on there. And so that helps me, oh yeah, we did that. And oh yeah, that thing was going on. Now, does that cover everything in my life? No, uh, there are things that were really important that didn't get on the calendar. For that, uh, secondary tools, I'll flip through my journal. Now, I don't journal daily. I don't even get it every week. I would say two or three times a month, I pull a journal out on a weekend and spend 20, 30 minutes on it. But there's are usually me wrestling through some of the more intense 
or confusing portions of my life. What do I do with this? And man, I just really need to talk about this emotional relationship or something. And so it's really useful for me as a tool. It also helps capture some of the things that are not visible on the calendar. But guys, I'm not attempting to get every day in great detail. Remember, I'm doing an 80-20 review. I'm skimming this because this just high-level reminders probably is going to get me all I need. At least it's going to get me 80%. And I suppose I could do a lot more work and go day by day and call and look stuff up and phone records. And and that extra 80% of work probably won't even produce 20%, maybe another 10%. I get really close to getting the whole year by looking through my calendar and flipping through my journal. So main reflection tools, calendar and journal, And then I'm going through, and here's the question I ask. I flip through it four times. Not once, because I I asked a question, and then I flip through and make notes. Which of these, which of these, which of these? So here's the first question. What 20% of activities produced the best emotions and most satisfaction? Now, satisfaction is important. It may not always be fun. For example, I published a book this past year. I am deeply satisfied with the work I put out. I'm sure as I grow and learn, someday I'll think, man, I wish I'd have known you. I wouldn't rewrite the book. Maybe I'll do a 10-year anniversary uh, you know, reprint edition and fix it. But right now, it's the best thing I know to write. I rewrote the whole thing seven times. So rough draft, seven more times. Eight Draft eight, we were finally ready to publish. Um, I mean, and I kept tweaking it, tiny little, I and mean, that's whole rewrites, that's not little tweaks. I kept tweaking it to the end, and honestly, I have a couple of small tweaks I wanna fix in the next one already, but it's close enough, I, I really am satisfied. And why am I talking about that? Oh, it was not fun. There were a lot, I mean, there were moments I do like writing, but there were a lot of moments where like, I'm exhausted, I got a lot of other things on my plate, and I am grinding through the book another time trying to get this thing good. Uh, am I ever gonna finish all those emotions? But it was, it's deeply satisfying to have gotten through that. I'm really glad I did. That is certainly going to be on my 20, top 20% review when I think about this year. But it could also be fun things that were really fun, like that epic family trip we took. Um, or that one relationship that I rekindled with a buddy I haven't talked to in ages. And man, we started hanging out. That's going to be really cool. So what's the top 20% that produced the best emotions and most satisfaction? Now, interestingly, here's the next question. It's similar, but it's significantly different. What 20% of activities produced the best outcomes or best results? Now, note, I didn't say money, though that is certainly one of the things I think about. Which of my projects, hey, what turned out? I mean, the book, uh, book's a good example. The book will hit both of those pieces. The book's had wonderful financial outcomes and was really satisfying to do it. But man, sometimes it's not the case. Sometimes things I made a lot of money on were grinds and they're not my favorite or things I really enjoyed uh, did not. So one of the things that that has for years hit my short list of most satisfying, most fun is a board game group that I get together with. Small group of guys, we get together and play some super deep nerdy games. Um, You know, two, three hours is a short game to us. We have a game we've played multiple times. We wait every couple years to play it because it takes about 10 to 12 hours to play through the game. It is in-depth. Twilight Imperium for any of the nerds. Uh, we're We're on fourth edition. We've played third and fourth. Love that game. Um, It does not get me great outcomes in terms of profit or... Now, it gives me outcomes, I guess, in the sense of relationships. That's why it's not all finance. 
So maybe I might put that on the list when we play TI4. Uh, we're like, dang, that game's amazing. And we still tell stories about the last time we played it. But I don't know. I, my board game group as a group is just not financially productive. It's just satisfying. And that's okay. But it's important to know the difference. Because uh, the, there might be things like, ah, it wasn't that fun. But you look at it and you're like, it's one of the core pieces of your business. You should probably do that again. Or rethink your business, but we'll get to how you apply this in a minute. You need to know. So best emotions or satisfaction or best outcomes and results is the next thing. Then I flip the coin and I say, okay, what 20% of activities produced the worst emotions or drained me the most? Because sometimes it's truly unpleasant, like painful, frustrating, annoying, hurtful, right? Sometimes it's not. It's just like sucks the life out of me. And there's nothing inherently terrible... Dang it, I am exhausted mentally and or emotionally from doing that thing. Honestly, sometimes it's because it's boring, right? Boring's not painful in the uh, specific sense of the word, but I, I don't know if you're wired like me. Maybe the most truly painful thing in the world is to be bored. I mean, I'd rather go through something physically more difficult and, and uncomfortable than just sit there and have absolute boredom. It's a, it's a life challenge. So that drains the life out of me. Um, so that's one of the questions. What created the worst emotions? What 20%? And the last is, you probably can guess this, what 20% of activities produced the worst outcomes or results? man, we lost money or we thought it was going to be big and it didn't turn out or we thought this was going to build a relationship and it didn't really make them a lot of effort and it didn't make that big of a deal. And so you go through the whole process and say, okay, top 20%, best emotions or satisfaction, best outcomes and results, and then flip it. Worst emotions, you know, drained me the most or worst outcomes, worst results. And so I do four full passes. Yes, it does speed up by the time I get to past three and four because the year is becoming fresh for me. But it, it helps. Uh, maybe it's just the way my brain works. But I, I say, okay, I'm looking for the things that were the most emotionally and satisfying, right? And I'm flipping just looking for those. And I make a little note, scribble, scribble, scribble. Then I go back and say, okay, now let me put a different pair of glasses on, right? New lenses. What outcomes? What would produce the, oh yeah, that, that, that. And I flip through that again. Then I do the same thing with the worst emotions and worst outcomes. This simple process, it takes me 30 minutes. I don't know, maybe an hour. depends on uh, how deep I want to get in looking up a few things. Sometimes I have geeked out and pulled out my financial, look client by client um, for my company or one of my projects. But usually it's 30-ish minutes and it's profound. It makes a super big difference because the first most fundamental part of every life plan basically is... What do I want more of and what do I want less of? And so you look at your list and you're like, gee, I should hang out with those guys more. I should do less of those kinds of projects. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Now, how do you get there? That might be a long process. It's not like you can casually be like, yeah, my job was kind of draining this year. I should just not have a job. Mm. Maybe that's not exactly where you go from here, right? We're going to talk about this in a minute in the next episode. I'll say about some of my planning forward. But if your job truly is the most draining part of your life, gosh, you should know that. Let's be honest. You probably know it. You should acknowledge it and just be honest. The first step in change is let's face the facts on reality. If you hate your job, you should probably do something about that. Honestly, I remember working with a friend of mine who worked at a famous 
well-known, highly respected, well-sought-after corporation. They had a cool job, an elite cool job in this elite corporation that everybody loved. They had work-life balance, and she did not like it. And she felt bad for it. She'd gone and got a master's. It was finance. She was a business analyst at this cool brand. People, everyone treated her well. You know what she really, really wanted to do? Go work with kids in the public school system. But you know, it's not financial and all that and lots of life discussion and coaching. She said, man, this, this is my life. Who cares if I get paid a lot of money and I don't get to do what I want to do or what I feel like I was called to do, really? She said, this is my purpose. And she has now for several years, she left that job and she has been working in the school system and says it is the best decision she ever made and she loves it. Now, it took about two years to prep, transition, figure out family life, how to make all that happen. Uh, I don't I don't say be reckless, but I yeah, if you hate your job, maybe you should do something about that. Don't just say, oh, well, I guess that's life. Figure it out. Be, be intentional and plan to live the life you really want. So it begins with an honest review. Also, you might not realize, oh man, it's simple as sometimes I've had a friend be like, dude, it is life-giving to me, like like huge value. I feel like I'm got my head down and I'm grinding and I'm worn out. And then once, like three or four times a year, I got together with my buddies uh, for dinner and it, those were the best parts of the year. He's like, well, why don't you do that more than three times a year next year? What? Hey, why don't you just pick a group of guys and invite a different one to dinner and you know do that once a month? You're gonna eat dinner anyway. It, he did, and he says it was one of the best years he's had. That's as simple as it was. Man, that was awesome. You should probably do more of that. Do an 80-20 review of your life. And man, from there, the path forward starts to become really clear. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Upgrade Engines with Scott Wozniak. If you want to hear more of my thoughts on life and leadership, you might want to sign up for my weekly newsletter at www.scottwozniak.com upgrade. That's S-C-O-T-T-W-O-Z-N-I-A-K dot com slash upgrade. You'll get a cool quote, a deep thought, and a recommendation for something that I use and love. It's not long, and it should be fun. The theme is similar to this podcast, but it's not the same content. And if you're a leader who wants to build a legendary brand, you can check out my company's website to learn how we can help at www.swazconsulting.com. That's S-W-O-Z consulting.com. Change really is possible. Dreams can come true. It may take a while, but you can upgrade anything if you build the right engine.